Welcome to the Jungle Brothers Podcast. I'm your host, Joey, and today, Paulie and I are joined by our old mate, Clint Hill. Clint has a master's in strength and conditioning, and he's one of the most qualified S&C coaches and personal trainers in the country. He's been on the podcast a couple of times in the past, and it was great to catch up with him. We had a pretty general chat around coaching, the fitness industry, and perhaps what life has been like in our industry since COVID. Uh, really cool insights. Hope you enjoy the chat. And I will see you guys on the inside. Before we jump into today's episode, I wanted to let you know about our upcoming coaches intensive. This two-day workshop is for anyone who wants to become world-class as a fitness professional. In the course, you'll learn the key skill sets needed to excel in fitness, as well as how to build a successful fitness business. Over the two days, we explore topics such as leadership, programming, sales, marketing, public speaking, and more. There are no prerequisites to enroll in the workshop. So whether you're a gym owner, a coach, or simply somebody who's considering a transition into fitness at some point, this course is for you. The next Coaches Intensive is on June 18 and 19, right here at Jungle Brothers Strength and Movement in Botany, Sydney. To enroll, go to junglealliance.com courses and select the June event. As a listener of the show, you also get a sweet discount when you use the code JB podcast at checkout. I've also popped a link to the event right here in the show notes. I look forward to working with you in our next Coaches Intensive. Now, back to the episode. And I was like, oh, I need to ring Clint to ask him about SNC. Courses. Ah, very good. Courses. Very good. It's like, oh, I think I'd like to do one. Well, I What's just, involved? I, I just had the best chat with Dom about that, actually. So, um, basically, what we're going to do is we're now going to link the Level 1 S&C back through PTA Academy. Right. Which means mm. they get a minor kickback, but it means they also kind of it, – it's a, it's a progression. So, it's like – okay, you're sitting here, you've done your Cert 3, Cert 4, what do you want next? You can go this way, you can go this way, you can go this way. So the S&C would be like a, a specialisation that you could take once you had that base of yes. education? Yes, So that way, I guess, um, it, it keeps those people within the same system, right? So the big dog would obviously, you know, Cert 3, Cert 4, done a couple of other courses, done this, done that, but would lead back through PTA Academy as part of their S&C stream, which would still give you the same ASCA level one strength conditioning, but they would end up with it sort of being a PTA Academy mm. group. Right. Right. There would still be other people allowed to do it, but what that would then also do is, is create – more leads, more contact, and also keeping that same experience running. So what that would then mean is, right, so Big Dog would do the, the level one mm. and then the, the next lead-in would be the Aleco level one uh, Olympic lifting, the Aleco level one powerlifting, the Aleco level one sh- squat, dead, pull, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because at the moment – is the, the way that it tends to go for most coaches, you do your qualifications like Cert 3 and 4, yep. say, through PTA yep. um, or any other academy. 
but then you're kind of like floating around for a while and it's only yeah. once you decide, oh, you know what, I want to do something more. Well, and, and this is probably the big thing, you know, um, chatting with Dom Dos Remedios and Mel Dos Remedios. Uh, who, Killer surname, by the way. I know, they're unreal, right? Um, who, well, might, who I've known. I know as a PTA. Yeah. Oh, that's oh, Dom. Yeah. Dom, Dom, right, yeah. Dom. So I've now, Great Mel, Mel was the first person to employ me as a personal training manager when I finished playing rugby and came back into the, you know, uh, well, finished playing rugby, finished S&C the first time around, so to speak, um, and then went back into the commercial fitness market um, and went into Fitness First. Um, so Mel put me in at Sylvania Fitness First. Ooh. So that was, to my knowledge, maybe... Maybe 2005, 2006, maybe. No, 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 it couldn't have been. 2008, 2008. So that was your official start in fitness? Well, no, I'd already been there a few times as a PT and things like that, but I was doing mm. it while I was playing rugby, while I was studying, mm. while I was whatever, right? Right. Um, that was the first full-time management-style role as a personal training manager. Yeah. Now... Um, the reason that I was mentioning them is what what we have now realised and what they have have discovered and and this is the difference between you know and we and we talk about commercial gyms or or you know your your in house studio style gyms that have got a real different philosophy like here and places like that but those those big box commercial facilities have now lost a lot of that education side of things. Because what's occurred is in the old days, you used to have a PT manager in every single one of those gyms. So the problem that has occurred now is that, let's say, Anytime Fitness, for example, and this was, this was Dom's example to me earlier, Anytime Fitness have now, if the gym has just opened or they're a small facility, they don't have that PT management. So those guys walk in there and don't have someone to go, hey, how do I get a lead? Hey, how do I do this hey how do i market my business right so that's all missing from that side so they're looking to outsource that through companies like pti um is that the case was that an adaptation because of covid is that why those big gyms don't have pt no, managers look, and stuff I, I, look i think what it is realistically is there's just there's just so much more variety now you know and and joey you and i have talked about this a lot over the over the years that there is no one size fits all anymore. There is no, you're right, you're wrong. There is no, you can't do this, right? If you want to do gymnastics on a Monday, uh, you know, bench press, uh, you know, bodybuilding on a Tuesday, you know, go for a 15K run on a Wednesday, well, you beauty, off you go. But there's a way to still make that work with an underpinning philosophy. But the, the big part of that that's occurred is they're moving into those commercial gym facilities. Right. It's, it's no longer just in facilities like here or like a CrossFit mm. gym mm. or whatever. It's moving to mainstream fitness. Yeah, okay. <coughs> Paulie, what drew you, um, you... We started, you were saying you want to do an S&C course. Yeah. What got you fired up for that? Um, I've always wanted to do one. I guess when I first started, obviously I opened the gym with you guys, and I hadn't trained to be a, a PT or a coach yet. And when I did, I was like, 
you know, where am I going to put my, where are my talents or where's my interests and how, I'm go- how am I going to contribute? What style of training? To me, with the ball sports background and, and not a lot of formal experience, I was like, well, it's going to be sports specific. I'm mm. going to be doing, you know, athletes. Yep. Um, quickly come to realise that that's not who we serve mainly. <laughs> the general population don't need to be trained like an athlete. And I realised the JBA, it's like teach them how to fucking move properly yeah. first. So it was yeah. like strength and mobility training and fundamentals done yeah. well and consistently. Um, fast forward five years, it's always been in the background. Like I really would love to learn how to coach someone to a high level of performance yep. for ball sports and fighting because yep. that's what I fucking love. Yep. I've been sick for like 10 days or more uh, and in bed and I was rolling around on YouTube just catching up on all the footy. I love it. I get yep. inspired by yep. watching the Panthers, going back, watching all soccer vids, and I love those young guys and I love how athletic they are. And yep. I'm like, you know, I know a lot of the, the theories and the science, and I, but I've never studied it and then applied that yep. to someone who's like, hey, Paulie, show me, I, I want you to take me to this level. Yep. And, um, you know, I'd just like to get a course behind me to do that yep. and then go, bang, I'm going to apply this to... to the people and, and yeah i just think it's exciting man and i love because it's a sports thing i'm all fucking biomechanics in my head i love breaking down the movements yep. the approaches for whatever it is the scoring yep. or the defending i love that shit and then the team aspect so i suck up a lot of that shit on youtube and stuff <laughs> i'm like well i should probably go and learn from someone who's done yeah. it before yeah and i was like i gotta call clint and ask him about courses yeah cool um and and you know because you're the you've had a lot of experience in that area and I'm, I just don't really know how it works, you yeah. know? And look, I think the big thing is, right, like, you know, and and I've been having a lot of conversations recently with, with PTs coming in about what what is strength and conditioning and what actually, what encompasses the area mm. because, um, you know, there was a really interesting piece um, just recently. The Australian strength coach, Sebastian Oreb, put out a a piece saying, you know, that... You know, uh, periodization is is one thing, but you don't it, it you don't have to do one size fits all. You don't have to do now. The problem with a broad statement like that is that sure you don't. Was he saying a, you don't have to periodize? Well, no, no, no. He's saying there's that that there should be some element of periodization, most definitely. But he's saying that there's sixteen different methods within that periodization model you're going to write it one way i'm going to write it another way paulie's going to write it another way he's going to write it another way right so there's no right or wrong and that part i totally 100 percent agree with the other issue is you have to start at a base level so he can say that i can say that paulie shouldn't be saying that right so the point i'm trying to make here is sweeping statement on the above level because that's where he's at. He's training elite guys athletes. who are elite athletes. Mm. If you are training a 16-year-old kid who is coming through, you need to make them move better, make them actually have a focus point because they're a 16-year-old kid, 17, 18, whatever. Like I'm not saying let's, let's say year one long-term athletic development rather than 16, 17, 18, right? Mm. Um, so that, that year one in the gym person who is a, a performance-based athlete – still needs the strict periodization models. Mm. Now, if they're playing three different sports, that gets pretty tough, right? Because you're going to cro- try and cross over three different periodization models. But it's really easy 
for someone at a super high level to make a sweeping statement like that that makes sense at his level, 100%. But it actually then opens up a shitty little doorway for little Joe Bloggs that's done his level one strength and conditioning and says, oh, but Sebastian Arab, who is you know, a god in the world of, of powerlifting, no, said this. Well, sure. I mean, if I was going to if I was going to talk powerlifting, I'd go to someone like Sebastian or you know or other people in that area. But I'm not going to Sebastian to talk about you know things like how to train someone for a rugby union tournament or a rugby league tournament or or a mm. fighting sport, right? Mm. But the problem is, once seen as an authority, you fall into that category. Yeah, you know, you you make those statements, and he knows that 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 stands true to him, but you've still got to have the underpinning science behind that. Um, and I'm unsure what, what qualifications he's done formally. I'm very sure he's done plenty. Um, and I've seen, you know, a lot of his education models and they're fantastic. But the other part of it is, like we're talking about here with Paulie, like you have to start at that base level because they're the foundational movement pieces. Like you guys talk about with the pillars here, you know, it's understanding what hits the bottom rungs, you know, the low-hanging fruit, the, mm. the things that are going to carry over into daily life, long-term longevity and, you know, long-term athleticism. Yeah, there's something we say in, um, in our coaches intensive in the, the programming module that I think is really relevant to that, um, which is because, you know, we, we do a lot of unconventional shit here at Jungle Brothers, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. It's movement, right? Yeah. It, it, like I don't know whether I'd actually think it's unconventional anymore, and I'm going to challenge you on that a little bit later. But That's fair. But, yeah. but you know, like stuff that you don't see in a lot of other gyms. Yes, yes. Um, but one of the things we say in that course is when we're when teaching programming to, to up-and-coming coaches is um, you, you have to know the fundamental laws yep. of strength conditioning. Yes. And then you are allowed to veer off off the track at times oh, yes. but you have to know you're off track yes and that's like and that's the thing it's like you yeah you have to understand the the conventions and the basics of this shit before you've earned the right to to play around Hell with yes. more fringy stuff oh yeah actually um before before i keep going on that mate when is that next coaches intensive that's because coming up i've got a couple of, i've got a couple of people that are really interested ah awesome yep that's coming up uh 18th 19th of june so what are we now? Early June. Yep, the third. The third. So by the time this will be out on Monday. So yeah, for people hearing this, it's like a little, a little under two weeks away. Okay, cool, cool. cool. Yeah. Um, now, what I was going to say there. Sorry to, sorry to little diversion no. there. But um, one of the key things there for me is, okay, and this is a, this is a, uh, you know, deflowering, uh, uh, you know, the onion, if you will, you know, peeling the layers back here. But when I was a younger coach there was definitely an element of I might have known I was off course, but I was too afraid to tell people that I was off course. So I just had to keep going and hope it was going to come back on to, to the track, right? Because you do something and you've started it and you're like, fuck, I'm here. How do I, you know, I know it's going wrong and I know that I need to change this, but I'm in the middle of a four-week program and I'm, shit, 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 I can't <laughs> tell that athlete I've fucked this up, right? We all fuck up, man. <laughs> like, you know, I make consistent fuck-ups on a, on a minute-by-minute basis. And if I'm not, I'm not pushing the boundaries, right? So that's where I say to you, here, your unconventional, quote-unquote, uh, movements. Well, 
are they really unconventional or are we just are we just stuck in a bullshit methodology that says that these are the conventional movements squat deadlift and uh, and a bit of bench press in there so my thought process and and as i've gotten older is well how do i tie that into there how do i make that work Hang on, this person likes this. You know, we were talking off air about Haley, uh, one of one of uh, your members here, and and now going into your coaches, and and also someone that's done the coaches intensive program, right? Yep. So, um, interesting. You know, I've been training Haley for, I guess it's probably close to two years now, and she's gone from you know uh, doing Lyra and things like that um, to to now looking at bodybuilding, you know, mm. and so what's conventional what's not conventional what you know circus performer to, circus performer yeah. to, to body fitness model right? yeah. whatever it is right like you can't you know if it if it suits that particular activity then we're all good and it's okay to also work out a way to fit in let's and let's continue on the Haley path um it's also okay to work out how to fit in the you know the rings the lira those kind of things whatever it is into that bodybuilding program sure it might mean that it takes an extra three months to achieve those goals because you've taken a little bit away from that but who said that was right or wrong either you know like you've just got to be realistic open and honest about how that works so you can get the result you're looking for yeah i agree with that i mean i think the yeah we've we've always had a pretty open sort of view about what's conventional and whatnot Mm. And I think that given how, like where I, what our gym was born from, we were always sort of fighting against the mainstream yeah, in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Um, and to your point, like say about um, we all fuck up. It, it's, this is something, I, tell me what you think about this because I always yeah, find this up. an interesting thought process relevant to programming. Yeah, okay. Um, and, you know, like so, so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm familiar with say uh, – Say I, I did my level one weightlifting yep. certification many years ago, yep. Australian weightlifting, like 100%. It was a bullshit weekend, yep. you know, it was a yep. very low level certification. But, yep. you know, they give you these, they give you the Russian model of periodization. Yep. You put your percentages in, yep. you put your numbers in, it tells you this is what you're lifting for the next 16 weeks. Yep. So I'm familiar with that extremely uh, linear, linear periodization, right? Program. That is just yep. like black and white. Correct. Uh, and I see the benefit of it. But then, like in the trenches here in the gym, it's like, you know, you, you spend whatever, hours and hours, days sometimes laboring over putting together the perfect program. Mm. And then someone gets sick and they take a week and a <laughs> half off. Assholes. Right? Why do you fuck with my life? Yeah, and you're like, you're like, all right, so we got the perfect program. Yeah. But unfortunately, we most ain't subjects perfect. ain't perfect. Yeah, like no one is. So, there's all, so, so then that leads me back around to, to many times thinking, the actual approach is is often not that important. Yes. It's more just like doing the thing. Yep. You know what I mean? It's yep. like, hey, are we are we doing push-ups or bench press or are we like like well, it doesn't really matter. Like let's just do something. Look, the other part of That's that That's being is, very flippant by the uh, way. Uh, I, well, yeah. look, flippant, yeah, but you know what the best part about that is I, I think, you know, it, it tones it down to be um, not comical, but like truthfully understandable. You know, it tones it down to a level, and I'm not trying to say into layman's terms or anything like that, but what I mean by it is what I think about when it comes to that is, okay, if I don't have, like, and I think, you know, flipping that a little bit different way that I was going to actually answer that is let's look at what happened during lockdown, right? All of these people were in their houses. They might have had a kettlebell, an old bench press, and that might have been it. 
right? And next thing you know, people are actually coming out of lockdown in better nick than mm. they went in. <laughs> oh, that's right, because you were consistent rather than whatever, right? Because the other part of this is so much, there's so much of our lives that get caught up in this shit, you know. You've got a kid, you've got family, you know, like... I get a phone call and get told I have to be in Adelaide to teach a course, right? Like, oh, you know, that totally stuffs my week up, right? But in essence, that's the beauty of the fitness industry, right? You can do it any fucking way you want, mm. you know? And this is, I, I mean, I, I, I had a dig at you when we had uh, breakfast the other morning. Or Did you? About, remember I said uh, about. Uh, no global gym chat? Oh, yeah. Right, because I, I've got a real issue with that term, right? Because if that's the start of someone's journey, don't pick on it. Like, there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with fitness first. There's nothing wrong with anytime fitness. There's nothing wrong with your $4.50 a week gym about boot camps? There's something wrong with boot camps, no? Yeah, you know what? <laughs> fuck those guys. Look, I've got a whole bunch of fuck those guys, but it's probably an individual <laughs> human that I'm talking about in that realm. But the, the genuine truth of this is, you know, it's fitness. Do it your way. Yeah. Right? You know, my job is do no harm. My job is make better people, better humans and better athletes, hopefully, right? You know, and I, okay, maybe I've been pretty lucky because I've got to work with, you know, some some finer tuned athletes at the top end of the spectrum. But realistically, I don't treat those guys any differently to what I treat my little under-16s West Harbour boys that, you know, are coming to the gym for the first time and thinking to themselves, mate, I just want bigger guns to impress that... Uh, boy or girl at the uh, at the at the local high school you know so when it comes down to it man like just just drop some of the bullshit and bravado and just realize that you can do it any way you want now it was a good line from um uh logan gelbrick who was on the podcast mm-hmm. i don't know 10 episodes ago um classic dude great thinker. yeah 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 i remember him yeah, yeah. from from dais yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Down in california and uh he i can't remember how he put it but you know something that he says he says to like coaches he's like congratulations on making this industry the laughing stock of our society <laughs> like he's like we all we all hang shit on it mm. uh we but, but then we all go and portray it he's like yeah like and i the way he put it was very poignant it was just like you like we all talk about how shit fitness is uh but it's the industry we're in so he's like well, we should really elevate the way we kind of we, yeah, we present and that's, it and that's why i'm saying to you that i Same no deal. longer use the term globo gym and whatnot because in my perspective if, if you do that you're belittling people you're belittling the part of the industry that count that counts to us right and because because you train at a at an anytime fitness doesn't make you a shit human and some of the best people i know you know the, the guy sitting across from me, obviously, you know, you know, without, without you know, places that are chain gyms, we would not have met. Little backstory there, that uh, Anytime Fitness Surrey Hills was Big Joey's first PT gig, <laughs> where Clint was my boss. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, that's yeah. right. How did that come about? Was it, um, was it through Chad, Chad and T? Hey, you know Chad's dead, right? I do. Yeah, holy shit. I do, and you know he, you know we had him on the show. Yes, yes, I do know In that. an incredibly awkward episode, but... Do you remember what episode? Uh, it was, no, it was probably like back in episode 50 or something. Like, yeah, we're okay. talking, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. years ago. Yeah. Um, but yeah, T got him on, and, yeah. and it was a really awkward episode. I actually left the episode, because we're all four of us, like, yeah, all remember, team, I yeah. said, and then I was like, 
I don't need to be here. Really? And it, when it just, it was like he just wasn't, it was really interesting. He didn't want to kind of answer any of the questions. He wanted to go on a different Don't track. Yeah, look, the, the but really T asked him about the, the, his cancer on the show. Did he? Right. Yeah, yeah and okay. if he thought that his steroid use had had contributed. Yeah, to right. It. Interesting. So backstory there. So I trained Chad. Um, uh, I was running a level one Australian Strength and Conditioning Association course for Fitness First at Bondi Platinum back in. Let's say 2010. Might have been 2011, 2012, but whatever. Somewhere, somewhere in that vicinity, right? And uh, Chad had to do... So back in those days, obviously, you know, working in a commercial facility, you have to have a certain number of CEC points a year to continue qualification, yada, yada, yada. So big dog sitting at the back of the room, and this is a... Uh, Chad was, you know, bodybuilder, huge, huge very stocky human right now the interesting part was that he like sat in the back of the room arms crossed didn't want to borrow the course did not want to borrow it but it was the only thing on that he was semi-interested in thought he might have got something out of anyway i sat there and i'm totally myself when i teach you know fuck this fuck that blah 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 blah. and he was like oh hang on a sec like you know might actually be able to listen to this guy you know (laughs) and um we, we get to the end of day two and he's all he's done during the course is dig at me. Like anything I've said, he's gone, nah, what about this? Nah, what about this? Nah, what about that? Anyway, he gets to the end of the course and he says, man, that was the best course I've ever done. And I sat there <laughs> and I'm like, damn, I was ready to knock you the fuck out. <laughs> you know, I was ready to literally get up and headbutt you, you know? I couldn't have got my head down that far. The poor little motherfucker was that short. But... Um, Anyway, look, so, so that started a, a very long-term friendship, um, you know, and totally different to me, totally different, you know, but I tried to change his world a bit, um, you know, and even the last time we chatted before he passed, um, there was big chats around, you know, the exercises that I introduced to him changed the way he thought, they changed the way he programmed, they changed the way he coached, and also in somewhat, you know, the way he spoke to people because he was a pretty dominant little garden gnome. So he um, definitely, uh, yeah. So there you go. How so. about that? Yeah, I mean, when I when I came to know you, yep. yeah, you guys were very close and I remember sitting in on a, on a chat about you would consult him on his programming yep. and, yep. yeah, he obviously had a lot of respect for, for you and, yeah. and, you know, a bit of a mentorship kind of role there. Yeah, and I always allowed him to explain why he thought that um and and you know allow and and i do this with everyone that i mentor because i think the best way to learn is by making mistakes right so and and i always say it's not right uh, sorry it's not right or wrong if you can give me a why so if you say you know i'm i'm putting you know bench press and you know leg press together as a superset and you can give me your reason why for that individual person, by all means, wake up. But normally what I do, you know, contrast method where I'm doing bench press and, and, you know, and some back work, yeah, sure, that would probably be the norm. But my point is, if you have a reason, I will allow it. So if it's a decent reason, it's a decent reason. Yeah. yeah, not just because oh they're next to each other in the gym. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not about that. <laughs> Get more work still, done in less time. Yeah, 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 <laughs> you know. CrossFit. Um, 
Yeah, well, that's quite funny actually, because at that time I was very, yeah, I was very CrossFit influenced, yeah. Yeah. as you'd remember, and um, and so I was coming into the gym just like putting together wads, just yeah. whatever yeah. the fuck I could do that was ridiculous. I was yeah. doing it, <laughs> yeah, and you know, and I was like mid twenties, so I was just getting away with everything, yeah, of course. And uh, and Chad was just onto me. Like he was, <laughs> he, I remember he'd come up, like I'd be doing handstands, and he'd be like, "Why are you doing handstands? Why don't you just do overhead press?" And I'd be like, fuck, bro. Because, you know, like I'm trying to explain myself to him. Yep. And he, he, you know, he doesn't want to hear it. He came up to me when I was eating lunch once and he's like, uh, what do you, he commented on the paleo nature of my so, lunch because yeah, yeah. I was avoiding carbs, of course. And then he said, um, so I guess when you go to the toilet, you, you don't use toilet paper because that's what paleo guys did. And I was just like, <laughs> fuck, you know, this guy. Yeah. Uh, mate, um, good one. Yeah. yeah. Got yeah. you there, Dick young Joe. Yeah. He and was very much like a Steve Daly in that sense, like had that right. ability to yeah. poke and like, yeah. you know. So was he, um, was he a PT there as well? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he did like part-time there and part-time mm. up at Fitty First, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, It was interesting because I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't get along with him, right? But we did, you know, we didn't need to. Um, but T really respected him a lot. Yeah. And yeah. so there was that connection there and yeah. I was like, okay, well T obviously, you know, yeah. rates this guy and they, were, they had a friendship. Well, and look, I mean, to be fair, you know, like without me meeting him, wouldn't have met you. Yep. Wouldn't have met um, like Tulio Pisano, yep. still still at Fitness First. Wow. Al- Alex, still yep. at Fitness First. Um, and, and some dudes that I've trained for years. So, you know, I mean, look, you know, when the big fella passed, it was, um, it was you know, I'd only had a, uh, a Zoom chat with him you know a few months earlier maybe a month earlier um you know and and things were things were tough for the big fellow like there was you know but he was he he was killing it over there he was doing a great job like he had you know some some really interesting clients um living he was living in thailand at the time mm-hmm. um and he was there because he'd had cancer and he'd, he'd made a decision in his life that that's where he was going to be you know he got his dad over there bought him a house and oh wow yeah so yeah uh, yeah. yeah, sad ending. But, but yeah, but sad ending. A real good man. Yeah. Um. So, take me to this. Uh, this uh, COVID piece. What I yep. something I want to ask you on yeah, when yeah, we cool. when we spoke. I remember we spoke at the beginning of the lockdown. Yeah. And uh, it, it, it's just interesting thinking back to how how our minds were racing when we were about to go into oh, lockdown. Because yeah. everyone's like, "Oh my god, what's going to happen? Yep. Like fucking hell! Like my business, like." you know, what, what's going to happen to society mm, kind mm. of thing. And I remember talking to you and, and we are discussing how the, uh, the commercial gyms yes. are Thank going you, to, yeah, respectfully, um, are going to be, they're going to suffer some damages yeah. as a result of this. Yeah. And it was really based around them having huge membership bases, but not really having any brand loyalty yeah. because people just go there because yeah. it's close. And, and no community. Cheap. Yeah, like no community aspect. Yeah. Um, so, you know, which, which, uh, in contrast, a gym like ours, which yeah. has a strong community, yeah. that community really got yeah. our sort of gyms through. Yeah. Um, what's been the fallout of that post COVID? And I ask you, cause you're our man on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. You know? It's, it's interesting, right? So, um, I guess the best way to answer that is this, it was the best change for fitness that could have ever eventuated, Right. Now, the reason that I say that is because it showed gyms like yours with community are the ones that really shone through that period. You know, like, 
it, it showed, you know, like, I mean, I talk about, you know, little PT studios that I do a lot of work with that their clients kept paying. If they didn't lose their job, they kept paying the whole way through to support that, that particular, you know, trainer, group of trainers, whatever it was, right, um, or family-owned business, if you will, you know, um, whereas the commercial side of things made everyone, you know, Cancel that cancel, shit. Cancel that shit. That's straight out the window, you know. I um during uh during lockdown I I may have been dating someone who who worked for one of the uh commercial gyms and listening to what their gym was saying to to her as a trainer was just nuts, you know. Uh, you know, we want you to keep working but we're gonna pay, you know, go go PT in a park or, you know, Run a run a cycle class from your house. We'll send a bike to your house and just film it on your iPhone. And, you oh know, wow! And it was just I, I sat there to going, try and retain memberships. Yeah, to try and because all of a sudden they had to try and get that community vibe yeah. in five minutes flat. <laughs> now, what that did, and why I say it changed the face of fitness for better, is it just it, it was like we jumped forward ten years in in a week. Everyone learned how to get online. Everyone understood, okay, well, hang on a sec. If, if I'm not next to you, I can still PT you. I can do it via the iPhone. I can do it via an iPad, or, you know, whatever it happens to be. And it just meant all trainers could go, oh, hang on a sec. Well, let's now open things up. Let's have a different income stream. Let's look at what business and life balance might actually look like you know i had uh, a group of mates that were probably actually training more people because they'd left the commercial gyms and they were like oh well hang on a sec you know i've got a bit of spare income here because i'm now not going out every weekend and getting on the piss and you know going to restaurants and whatever else so what can i do here so all of a sudden they're jumping in and doing more PT or more, you know, online online fitness. They're on two classes a day in some in some cases because of boredom in a lot of you know in a lot of people's lives. But the overall and overarching effect of what occurred because of that, and and probably the one that I am the most happy to see, is we let go of some of the bullshit. Fitness is supposed to be fun, man. I don't care if you want to go for a run. I don't care whether you want to, you know, play badminton. I don't care what you want to do. Just do it your way. Don't let others dictate what your fitness journey looks like. You know, you know, you guys talk about, you know, your your pillars here. And I look at it and I and I think, what would the pillars be at fitness first? Turn up, pay membership. <laughs> Get the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, you know, please don't break any of our shit so we don't have to buy anything more. You know, like that. that's probably honestly what, what they would be. Um, so they had to get better. And they did. Yeah, right. And so you, you think it affected those gyms in a, you know, roundabout in a beneficial way too? Like Absolutely. Right, they've adapted their operations. This is the most negative thing in, in our lifetimes. So far, I should say, unless there's some type of you know world war that kicks in in the back end of my uh, back end of my life, um, but that particular event was probably the most negative event in in history so far. 
it turned friend against friend, you know, family against family, you know, around whether you were going to get the jab, weren't going to get the jab, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yet fitness came out of it with, you know, a gold star and a whole bunch of people learning to eat better, cook better, do better things, you know. I was chatting away to a dietitian that I'm really good mates with and she was running online cooking classes, right? And she was getting 70 to 80 people paying 10 bucks a head. Jesus. To watch her cook dinner. Wow. Yep. And it got to a point that she had an elite group that they would cook the same meal together while they were doing it, having a glass of wine. I'm sitting there going, in what fucking universe? How cool is that? Yeah. Like, honestly, that, that wouldn't have happened before, man. It's a good point. You know? I, I did a fish taco night for the JB tribe. I remember you did. It was I awesome. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was like... 10 or 12 people there, everyone's cooking fish tacos, yeah. we're having a drink. Amazing. No one yeah. paid me shit. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, you should have talked to me before. Send an invoice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Services rendered during COVID. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. So, look, and, and I it's just... It's a great point, though. Like, it's, yeah. easy, it's easy to take that stuff for granted that you're like, whatever but, that you, but could, you could put community. on. So, here's the other part, right? Like, so, there's the big difference, right? Like, let's just drop the financial side out. You did that because you have a fucking community that you wanted to service and look after. Yeah. Bravo. Mm. That's the point. She did it because she has three little kids that she needed to feed. Also great. Also great. No problem. And no offense, like hers probably was, you know, macronutrient, micronutrient balanced the shit house. Yours probably tasted the bomb. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So. Yeah, we'll fry and fish and shit. Yeah. It's good. Sipping on a Pinot Noir. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, okay, that's cool. Yeah. Um, in terms of the – talk to me about like that, that thing you mentioned earlier about um, PT managers mm. and whatnot inside of these gyms. Yep. So for, for a young coach listening, the, the way that, it, that I understand it used to work yep. in, a, in a big gym like Fitness First was you would get a gig there, mm-hmm. you're a young coach, there's a PT manager, mm-hmm. and their job is to well, – their role well, is to look out for you. Let's scale it back one step further. Right, So when I was at Bond Street, I had what was called my development group. So this was the first of my foray into mentoring. So my development group, right, because when those new guys came in, they had a series of 16 modules that we used to teach on a weekly basis. So we would invite a young Paulie in with no PT qualification yet to learn about how to pick up leads on the gym floor. We would invite this group in. Some people wouldn't be available, some people He'd be a student. He'd be a student, right? Partway through his course. Wouldn't even have to have started. He could just be interested, right? Right. Because then we would feed them into our pipeline of who was going to be our next trainer. Right. So we might know that if Paulie does these 16 modules, that'll give him enough interest to jump over to PT Academy, you know, Fitness Australia, you know, FIA, whatever the fuck, you know? So we would feed them into that system but it would give them a better starting point. And we were already doing that for free, right? That was part of our role as a PT manager. But within that group, we would have total novices that had never been, you know, a PT. We would have people who were doing their PT course and we'd have these guys who were in the first 16 weeks of being a personal trainer within Fitness First. That That would make up that group. Now, at points at Bond Street, I probably had... Well, I had 50 trainers working for me at that stage, well, for, for the business, but I was the PT manager for 50 trainers. My development group God. was probably somewhere in the vicinity of like 
12 at points. So I'd have three that didn't have a PT qualification, three that were, you know, the, the, you know, had just started their course, three that were just about to finish their course, and three that were first 16 weeks in the biz. Right. So they were feeding off each other. They created their own little vibe. They create their own little Facebook group. They were chatting amongst themselves. The newbie would say to the guy who'd been there for 16 weeks, hey, I didn't understand what he meant about this. And mate, it, was, it was great, right? But that was that process that occurred. And, you know, you, you can look at some of the trainers that came out of that system. Um, they walked into the gym, like, running, you know that they had all the, they had all all the education, all the education and information that they needed and if they didn't they knew they had a me or depending on which of the facilities they were in but they had a pt manager to go hey i'm struggling with leads what do you got yep. help me out here and i'd be like you go get two numbers off the gym floor i'll give you two you know great triple packs that are that are definitely looking for pt okay sweet bang so does that role still exist? It still exists in essence in the bigger gyms. Yeah. It doesn't exist in some of the smaller. Yeah. Um, you know, and I've, I've been lucky enough, obviously, to work in a whole bunch of different fitness franchises. You know, I worked for Fitness First anytime. I've worked for Vision Personal Training. I've worked for, um, you know, a couple of others around, you know, uh, that have that are either now defunct or have, you know, merged, changed, whatever, you know. And when you look at the differences of each system, what it comes down to is having people that care about what happens next. People that care about how does that actually you know, affect that person's life. And, you know, I watched in the, in the first, you know, when I, when I first took on cluster PT roles, which meant my PT manager, when I was at Bond Street, I had uh, Park, Pitt, George and one other that I looked after. So every day I'd check in with those PT managers to see, have you done this? Have you done that? How's this going? How's that going? Right? So I was the, you know, the manager above the manager, if that's the right way to word it. And you got an opportunity there to see, okay, hang on, he doesn't really give a shit about his people. So his development group is two. And when he sits with those two, he dictates to them rather than saying, you know, hey, Paulie, uh, run me through a, a, a three-day program for a bodybuilder and tell me why you've chosen those exercises. You know, and that person would have to present to that group of 12, you know, and then that person would get, you know, uh, critiqued and, and spoken to and questions come up and, yeah, it was just this great learning environment and it really, really showed me that, you know, and like your coach's intensive program, very similar thought processes, it, it puts ideas out and allows you to flip them whichever way you want. I think that's important. Yeah, right. So you're saying that there were gyms that, that like, had those roles, but perhaps yeah. if it wasn't the right individual that was at the helm, Correct. then there wasn't much development yeah. going on. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the impression for me is that when you step into a lot of those, those larger gyms, that mm. you are kind of on your own a bit. Yeah. Is that, is that a fair assumption? Yeah. Yeah, and you can, you can certainly choose poorly. You know, and I see, you know, let's, let's use Bondi Platinum Fitness first as a, as a really um, easy target. If you were the top of the pops there, you were earning above five grand a week. If you weren't, mate, 
you were, you know, you were thinking that going and selling steroids was probably your next option because it, it, you were you were literally struggling to make rent. What, what's rent in a gym like that? Uh, I think I think now you'd be talking four fifty a week. Okay. Um, so you know, it's it's not chump change, you know, yeah. like. Um, but it's also not your own facility rent either, you know. So, yeah. and it's probably the biggest pipeline of human beings you can ever see. So, I, I quite regularly say that if you can't make it in a commercial gym, you're really going to struggle in a private facility. But the other side of that is that's probably because you've been given poor advice. Because if you're taught good marketing, if you're taught good strategy, if you're taught good people skills, you should really be able to make it anyway. Mm. That's a really good point. I like that. I think of it almost like, um, you know, everyone tells you to go and get a job at McDonald's when you're a kid. Yeah. Just because you'll, you'll learn about oh. systemization and just consistency. And Unreal. It will teach you valuable lessons that you can apply later. Anyway, I got knocked back when I applied. Um, as hey, a, me as too. Fit, did you? Yeah. Yeah, I got, I got knocked back. I had yeah. a post, Damn it. A post like a knockback interview. Yeah. And the, the manager said to me, um, not, a, not all of our applicants are successful first time round. So uh, if you'd like to apply again, you know, better luck. I was like, eat a dick. I'm not coming back here. <laughs> wow. I'm Joe Worthington. Yeah, man. Yeah, crazy, eh? I didn't get knocked back. Didn't you didn't apply, though, yeah. did you? What's that? Did you apply? Yeah. Mickey D's? Yeah. Where? Yeah, I, I, I was at Croydon. Croydon Park. Wow, okay. Croydon. Oh, you know that on one. Parrot Road. Yeah, on Parrot Road there. And um, I think I was probably there for a total of a year. But I only worked like six months. In the last six months, I was just putting NA in the little black book. <laughs> <laughs> I just wow. got the dick with it. Yeah. What NA? Like, oh, not available. Not available. Not available. Not available. Not rostered again. Made yourself redundant. Yeah, and then I just left. Yeah, mad. Yeah, yeah fuck, you got so. the gig and I did There didn't. we go. Yeah, I was devoured. Do you know what? I think so was I. I like, I reckon I was, I would have been 14, nine months because I started working at Pizza Hut like 10 minutes later. <laughs> So take um, my services elsewhere. Yeah, damn you! Oh, fuck you! And <laughs> everyone you. should get a job at Maccas. Yeah, look, and and you know what? It's really interesting that you talk that the you know we're we're using Maccas as our example in a in a fitness style podcast. Uh, and now I'm about to use Pizza Hut, but um, you know I I think by 16 I was a you know a a, a duty manager, right? Um, and I remember the responsibility that came with that, you know, like I was locking up shifts and I'm thinking to myself, 16 years old and I'm, you know, I'm counting thousands of dollars each night that, you know, people are pumping through, you know, pizza, pizza, you know, restaurant. And I remember thinking to myself, what am I, what am I supposed to be learning here? And I remember what I was learning and it, this came back to, like came back to me years later, what I was learning is delegation people skills and conflict resolution you know this person gets mm. a ham and pineapple when they've ordered a supreme you know they blow up to lux because they've been waiting 25 minutes for my little delivery guy to run it out to them and <laughs> you know next thing you know they get the wrong pizza you know like i'm allergic to olives or whatever the you know shit might be you know um but i just remember looking back at that and going man i wouldn't change that at all like such a valuable experience you know starting work at a, at a you know 14 nine months but also just the underpinning philosophy 
of what that structure look like. Mm. Here's a manual. Go through this. Process this. Fix this. Do that. Make a pizza this way. Whatever it happened to be, right? Checklists. Checklists. Yeah. Right? It probably meant that when I went into the real world of work, I was sitting there going, what do you mean? I get to... I get to decide when I work and how much I work and, you know, so there was definitely a work ethic in place from that. Yeah, so interesting that we brought no, that I, up. Yeah, I think it's such a valuable time. I had jobs and worked from about the same age and Joe did too, right? Yeah. Um, and I yeah. always look back at them and thinking about PTs and stuff like that and, and young ones that potentially haven't yeah. done jobs like that yep. um, and it's really tough really tough if you just haven't gone to a job and had to turn up for, yeah. you know, just to just turn up yep. and be there for yep. a certain amount of hours and, you know, deal with this yep. customer or do shit that you don't want to do. You know, yeah. I think that, you know, I always talk about like good coaches to me when you're trying to screen them. I love to see that they've worked in another industry and shown that they've done that for three years, yep. stuff like that. Cause yep. there's just so much that you can learn and the qualities that, um, you learn from that just speaks volumes and I can see it when someone hasn't. Yeah, you know, yeah. The differences It's, it's really the interesting you say that because I think, um, you know, I just, I, I sat down with uh, a group of young coaches. I, I did a, um, I went to a, a mate's gym and, and sat down and did a little business coaching and business development session for six of his trainers. And um, one of the first questions I asked is, is, what are the three things you're most proud of in your business today, right? And this one particular girl who, who was and, – and look, this, this isn't meant as a dig. I'm just, uh, it, you know, showing an example. This, this particular girl was uh, from a very wealthy family. And she said, you know, I know that I don't need this job. I can just fall back on my parents and walk away. But what I'm, what I'm here for is to show myself that I could make it if I wanted to. <laughs> and I remember looking at this girl going, you've got no idea how important that statement is, right? You've just said, I can do it. I can do it on my own if I have to. Now, mate, she's never going to have to. Like, you know, <laughs> her dad knocked down the house in front of them so they didn't have a, an interrupted view of the water. Like, he <laughs> bought some, you know, eight and a half million dollar palace in, in you know, to, to knock down so that he had an unobstructed view of the ocean, right? There's no decent, there's no worry about That's what I would have done. Yeah, yeah, of <laughs> course. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I, but I just remember th- when when she said that, I was just like, "You have the right attitude, right?" And you know, there's probably other people there that, you know, they they probably skirted around the question a little bit. But um, I just I just look at things like working in another industry or having the integrity to just take the business by the horns and do what it, do what's required. You know? mm. Um, I think I've told you this story before, Joey. There was a, um, a young kid that I was mentoring. Uh, he walked into George Street Fitness first and he said to me, he goes, I'm really going to upset some of the trainers here, but I've got an idea. And I was like, yeah, what's that? And he goes, I'm going to do $10 PT sessions and I'm going to stand on – like uh, you enter George Street Fitness first via a lift. So the lift goes down and he stood there and he literally said – Hey, Paulie, 
I'd like to offer you a $10 PT session. Shittest, like, it, it was literally the worst sales technique I've ever seen. But he worked on pure numbers. Paulie said, yes, right, done, what time? Thanks, mate, see you at that time tomorrow. Bang, next, bang, bang, bang. He did not care how many no's he got. He literally, within the first three weeks of being there, was running 50 sessions a week at 10 bucks a session. Now, two weeks later, he went God. from 10 bucks a session <laughs> to 20 bucks a session. So guess what? All of a sudden, this kid has gone for a thousand bucks a week. And I was just sitting there going, fuck. Decent. Decent, right? But total attitude. Like, like bad he, attitude? No, no, no. He had the oh, right. attitude that was, I'm sorry that I'm going to hurt these other people that are charging 100, 150 bucks a session in some cases, right? But that was his, like he was driven. Yeah. That pure focus. And it was beautiful to see. Was his name Jeff Bezos? No, but, but, but <laughs> mate, it's like... It, Similar it's kind, kind of vibe, of, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. You know, and... He's going to win now, all the customers. Yeah, he now owns four, four or five Anytime Fitness. Oh, wow. Queensland. Yeah. <clears throat> Decent. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's one of those ones, right? Like that you just, you know, don't knock it till you try it to start with. And... You know, the, the time that you're with someone as opposed to, to the time you're sitting down in a, you know, the back room of a PT studio where you're not training someone. You know, what did you get into it for? You know, like, so uh, I think, you know, uh, that attitude, that perspective and that understanding um, of what you actually want in life is, is a massive part of fitness. Well, I think there's something in that um, which is, I'm sure, Paul, you'll, you'll, this will vibe with you because of your role now with all the coaches here at the gym. Mm. But it's very easy when you're a PT to n- not see what you're doing as a real business. Oh, yeah. And so you're like, yeah, I, I, I got some friends that I train and, yeah, I kind of usually make you know some money each week and it's pretty good kind of thing. But when someone asks you... Um, how do you market what you do yep. or what packages do you offer? Yeah. Or do you have any sales training? Like, what does that look like? Yep. And, you know, most PTs like, no, uh-huh. I just, you know, I charge them this much cash per session, whatever. Um, whereas that guy, say with the $10 yep. sessions, that's a business. That, that is that, a business. That is, that is a, a strategy. It's like, I'm coming in yep. and this is my epic marketing and yep. sales strategy yep. and I'm going to fucking grab all these people yep. and then this is how I'm going to turn the dial up yeah. on, the, on that money. Yep. Um, and also, he over-delivered, mm. right? Like, it's 10 bucks, right? People are going to, even if they're doing five sessions a week with, you know, Billy Blanks, you know, they're still going to go. Billy Blanks. It's 10 bucks. Ty Bo. Ty Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well played. There Good might man. have been a few people that missed that reference, but um, it's definitely something that, uh, you know, us old timers, uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Certainly enjoy. Um, but, yeah, look, it's, it's one of those things that you've got to remember that, you know, this is, this is a business, you know, and the business of fitness is changing. Yeah. Professionalising. Professionalising, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you see it when you step into those big gyms and you see these trainers that are making 5K a week yeah. and you're like, that person runs a business. Oh, yeah. But then you see the person that's kind of sort of always hanging out, always up for a chat. Yeah. Got a couple sessions here and there. Yeah, the uh, the Bondo Grassi Noel PT, as I yeah, like to call and you're them. like, yep. that's the person that'll probably only last for another six months, yeah. and then they're out. Yeah. So when when I first got into the industry, so '97 was my first PT gig uh, at a place called Fitbods Burwood, which uh, Paulie might know. Um, 
So Fitbod's gym was uh, a heavily Lebanese-influenced uh, bodybuilding gym. Uh, at the time, it was it was run by two amazing people, two business partners, Sharon and Steve. Um, Steve was an international uh, aerobics, you know, you know, the old aerobics Oz style. Uh-huh. Steve was the man. Um, he Hot. went on. To, he went on to uh, bad ankles. Co- co-create Elixir. <laughs> oh yeah. Do you so, have bad ankles after all those years of aerobics? Do you want to know what he had? What? The, the worst adductors you've ever seen because they used to use this machine to do the splits where they'd sit there and they'd grind it outwards yeah. to open them out and hold out there. We got one here, don't we? Is yeah, it we a JT's do. machine? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, we're pointing, we're, we're, we're doing uh, <laughs> a bit of sign language happening yeah. here in the background. JT's just walked in, so we're just... He swear that thing it. fucked him up because he used oh, it too man, much. Oh, man, he just, he just sat on it while we're doing meetings. <laughs> I just remember sitting there going, Steve, brother, put the little boys away, right? But um, yeah, so, and, and the reason that I bring that up is they did sales training with us in 1997. Wow. Right? Now, did that help shape my fitness career? Oh my God, hell yeah. But the other part of this is that that also created an, an avenue for me to see it as a business, to see that it wasn't just some dude rocking in, picking an exercise randomly and smashing the shit out of someone. Now, don't get me wrong. There are still PTs today that do that. And, you know, they're they're probably doing okay because they stick to some simple mandates, they stick to some simple philosophies, they understand what they're trying to achieve and they attract those those clientele. Yeah. But the, the philosophy behind it is, you know, the fitness business is changing, it's growing, it's it's turning into, you know, I mean, I don't remember the, you know, the the change, but but I'll it's something like, you know, in the last 10 years fitness has doubled every year. The size of the industry, the size of the industry, the people in it, the money in it. So, yeah, look, I, I think you've you've got to look at it and think to yourself what does that mean for the outsider? What does that mean for us? You know, how do we turn that into uh, a business that's sustainable, you know? And, and obviously, you know, one of the things that, you know, I'm, I'm here for today is, you know, you know there will be a, a collab with, with us and, and there will be, you know, me joining the Jungle Alliance in, a, in force. Um, and that will, you know, potentially take a very different avenue to, to a lot of the other uh, facilities that will, will fall under the Jungle Alliance. But, um, you know, for me, that, that is about, you know, your, your pillars and your streams of, of education and understanding. And that's, that's where business goes, you know, creating a community within businesses as well, rather than just a community within the actual gym, you know. Tell us about that. I was gonna. That was gonna be my next question. Tell us about this this new venture of yours. Yeah, look, it's it kind of came out of necessity. Um, You've been talking about it for a while now. Oh, look, it's so funny, right? Like, I, I think the first time I ever talked about opening up a gym was, you know, probably two thousand seven, two thousand eight, um, and then an opportunity's come up um, that has meant, you know, a, a facility has become available. Um, which to me means, you know, for the for the first time in a long time, I'll, I'll delve back into, you know, not a not a full time capacity because obviously I've got some, 
you know, some work with West Harbour Rugby Union. I've got, you know, some some education stuff there as well and, you know, a couple of interesting uh, new challenges that potentially we'll talk about on future podcasts. I won't uh, drop a bomb today or anything like that, but um, I think the, me joining the Alliance is probably enough of a, of a bomb for, uh, for anyone who knows me anyway. Um, and for me... I guess this opportunity is a, is a small, uh, semi-private style PT opportunity, whereby instead of uh, doing the norm where you know classes become the thing, everyone will still be individually programmed by me, but they'll be you know six to eight people in each particular session doing their own thing but they'll all be on individual programs. So it means that, that a whole bunch more people are going to have access to, and, and I hate dropping the, the term, but elite strength and conditioning rather than having to pay you know, huge numbers. They're going to get a week for the same price as probably what a normal session is worth. So I'm pretty excited. And it's, uh, it's, look, it's, it's, it's going to take a couple more weeks yet, um, but... You know, it, it's definitely a, uh, a a huge thing for me, and and something that I'm really proud that's finally come to fruition, after many years of saying that you know I would do it, I wouldn't do it, I would do it, I wouldn't do it. So yeah, the opportunity's right, and the timing's right for me. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be exciting to to. I mean, obviously, there's all the business stuff to get through, but to be able to just have a space that is yours, yeah, right, versus like working out of another gym that's yeah. like. 90% there, but maybe yeah. not quite how you want it. Look, I mean, you know, I guess what really started this is, you know, I worked at Lyft Performance Centre for a number of years and, and you know, Joey, you've obviously trained there. I don't know whether you ever stepped foot into Lyft. I've been in, oh yeah, I've been there. Yeah, but Cato Rutherford set up probably the best gym Sydney's ever seen. Um, he put together the best coaches. Um, he, you know, hand-selected you know, the cream of the crop and, and, you know, when you look at it, you know, you know Thatch was there that was obviously f- here for many years. Um, and, and, look, he made some big mistakes, but it was without a doubt the best facility that I'd ever worked in. Um, and interesting for me, um, you know, people always ask me to compare that to 98 Riley Street and my time working there and, 98 Riley Street was a very class-orientated beast. Um, very, you know, you must do this. This is this is how we do things, and these are our standards and blah blah blah. Whereas Lyft was a, you know, you know, we had gymnastics in the front corner of the gym. We had you know weightlifting out the back. We had powerlifters. You know, we had, at any given time you could walk in and see ten national athletes. Plus, you had, you know, the likes of Royden Dubois and people like that, you know, training IFBB, you know, pro models, you know, in the back corner. So it was like, man, it was, it was, it was a mecca of, of what a gym should be. And it, it, it said, there is no one right way or wrong way. You can do whatever the fuck you want. Um, and I, I guess I'd never been able to find that since, you know, like, and, and the day that they shut the doors of lift, I was, I, I think a little part of me was like, oh no, the fitness industry is dead, you know? Um, and then I was like, well, hang on, it doesn't have to be. I can, I can recreate whatever I want. I can, you know, join the Alliance. I can look into having an opportunity to go, hey, you know, I can't offer this, but such and such within the Alliance can. 
I can I can do this for you and and vice versa and whether it's you know IP or or education or just even just a chance for you know somebody to you know jump online and go hey guys I'm having a trouble I'm having trouble with you know securing uh, you know a, a, an insurance provider blah 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 you know the alliance will provide things like that you know those it, it almost takes me back to that first PTM role where. I was helping people get their first ABN. I was helping people work through that. And, you know, that was that community is something that I miss, that coaches community and that and that uh, you know, people to bounce ideas off and sit there and, and just hear a different perspective. Um, but the fitness industry for a long time got too too focused on right and wrong. And now it's coming back the other way through COVID. And it's now focused heavily on what do you want? How do you want to do it? And let's just make everyone move better, feel better and be happier. Where is the gym? Uh, so it'll be, it's sort of in the back, uh, the back of Randwick. Yep. Um, you know, like... Back uh, of Randwick, like um, Bondi side or Coogee side? Coogee side. Yes. Yeah, um, near the shops? Near the shops, yeah. Okay, awesome. So, um, yeah, yes. so it's going to be... Uh, it's yeah like i say there's there's you know there's a couple of things left to uh to fall into place we've just got um some some da stuff that uh must be fixed before that uh you know the final the final signature hits the wall but um, how good council oh man far out i just couldn't believe you know the the guy that had owned the gym for that entire duration had no da so technically Uh, it uh we encountered that yeah. yeah, so weird, right? Like because he doesn't realise that even though the landlord said, "Oh no, it's fine, no problem, you don't need a DA for it," um, that actually means that his insurance is completely null and void. Really? Yeah. Holy shit. Yep. Big deal. Yeah. <laughs> big wow. big deal. <laughs> yeah. So if he'd stepped them out onto the footpath to train them, he would have been covered, but because he was within a facility that had no DA approval, big big drama. Exposed. Yeah. Um, we should give some clarity around because this is kind of the first we've mentioned of the alliance for a while and i think it's a cool opportunity to kind of mention yeah cool uh, what i so i think what would stand out to folks is like oh okay like clinton snc guy primarily mm-hmm. and jungle brothers the jungle alliance is this kind of is this movement piece yeah and i think what um what really excites us about the the potential of the alliance is that it's not about connecting people of the same cloth necessarily. Yeah. It's not saying, hey, you're a movement gym like us, yep. join this thing that we're doing. Yep. It's really about finding individuals, and this is coaches or gyms, who share the same values. Yeah. And I, I was chatting with Paul about it yesterday, and we were talking about um, a, another sort of training group that we know in Sydney and, and someone that we've, we've known for a while. And Paul said, oh, are they, you know, what about them? And I said, you know what, man? Like, no, they're not. They're not for the alliance. And what it came, what it comes down to for me is, would I feel confident sending somebody to you? Yes. And unequivocally, yes, I would feel confident to do so. And that really, to and, and you have, yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> yeah. Like we've worked together for years, yeah. right? And yeah. it's and whether it's for education or training yeah. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that that's what it comes down to is like if the the gym or the organization speaks to a standard that we wish to uphold yeah. then they can be a part of it yeah. because we we you know the, the, it's it, it doesn't matter if you're doing the same shit what it matters is that you're doing as well as you can yes and then obviously the other side of that is 
parts of what you do are hyper relevant to parts of what we do. Yeah, you bet. And vice versa. Yeah, you bet. And there will be other gyms mm. that are in the alliance that will be, you know what, I need some help with some barbell strength training. Yep. Oh, we've got a guy, Clint, he's your yep. man. Like, yep. it's, it's not all about like this one set of things that we're doing here yep. at Jungle Brothers. And I think that that's been, we've had to figure that out in our thinking of the alliance. Like, are we dictating what allies do? Yes. No, not at all. Yeah. We, we want to influence what they do. Yeah. And we want to make sure they have access to the best information. Uh, but that also means that the inputs or the information that's coming in can be different to what, to what we believe. Yeah. And yeah. that is how the, the organization as a whole will evolve. And it means then that for the person who trains in those gyms, you could have a different experience here yep. to your gym in Randwick, to T's gym in Ballina, to as in Jungle Dublin. Like, yeah. And that's awesome. Yep. Like it's unique. And look, I think the other part of that is, and, and, you know, let's be really truthful here. I've said it through the whole period that there is no one-size-fits-all. Like, you can do whatever you want, okay? There's, do I really want to do handstands? Not really, guys. Uh, it's, it's not for me, you know? Like, I get up there, I have a laugh, and I'm, and I'm done, you know? Like, that's it for me, right? Got it? Got the photo. You got the on. photo done, you know? Like, somebody quickly hold my legs, snap the photo, <laughs> and I'm going to Photoshop you the fuck out of it, right? Um, but the point I'm trying to make is that, like, one of the most exciting pieces when Joey first sort of broached this idea with me was that he was like, you know chatting to T and, you know, they're about to put in a climbing wall and, you know, does it really fit? Well, yeah, it does because it's moving. So why not? Mm. And it's like, of course it fits, right? Like, you know, I want to be able to, you know, one day take my kids and, and you know, run up a climbing wall or, or do whatever it is. So if I do too much of one element... I lose the mobility side. If I do too, too much of one other side of things, I lose the strength side of things. So for me, when I turn around, and, and interesting, as I was about to say what I'm about to say, I just looked up to my right, and there's the, the poster of the fight night, um, which was obviously bought, you know, you guys uh, supported Rise Foundation, which I'm obviously heavily part of. And, and you just look at the things that we've kind of done together over the years, and everything that we have done may not necessarily be purely based within the facility, but mental health. You know, we started our we started our twenty uh, four hour charity walk here. You know, so you know we started our fitness journey within a commercial facility. Like, there's just there's so many things and so many elements that you can learn a little bit from someone else, and you can draw on that, and you can use that to your to your advantage. So I think you know the 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 reason that the decision was super easy for me was because the second you said it, I smiled. The second you said it, I got excited. And I was like, oh, man, it'll be so cool to be able to bounce this idea off this person. It'll be so cool to be able to teach this person this. It'll be so cool to be able to help this person grow in this way. Mate, it's, uh, it was a no-brainer for me. And, you know, also just, just that, you know, the things that I don't love doing. You know, the CRM side of things, the, you know, sometimes I get the shits with the social media stuff. I get the shits with the, with the marketing side of things. You know, there's, there's so many things there that, you know, I, I will draw from you guys on um, and, and be, you know, not just an ambassador for the brand, but an ambassador for the, for the product of fitness. 
fucking exciting, man. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I'm, you know, you've always been a, a mentor of sorts for me and, and a wealth of knowledge for us. Um, and I'm excited to have you in the Alliance community and to be that person there. Yeah. You know, because it's, it's predominantly, it's going to be less experienced individuals coming in, <laughs> you know, but for them to have access Mate, to... It would, be hard, it would be hard to not be less experienced. I'm a fucking ancient. <laughs> Great point. <laughs> but, you know, for, for, you know, for, for an up-and-coming gym owner to, to have access to, to us yeah. and to, you know, to all of those people that are going to be in there, yeah. like, what an awesome fucking opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. And even, you know, like, it might come down to, let's say, you know, as is obviously opening, you know, uh, Jungle Dublin, right? You know... As is sitting there, and you know, some kid that comes in that plays Gaelic football walks in, and as is like, well, I don't really know what the program should look like. What are the biomechanics of the sport? Da 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 da. As jumps on, Clint, question. Da 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 da. And I'll be like, mate, I'm not doing it for you. I want you to write the damn program, send it to me. I'll critique the shit out of it, and then ask you a whole bunch of questions, mate. That's what education and growth is about. That's cool. That's know? exciting. So yeah, awesome. Cool. Um, do you have uh, Do you have any plugging for the gym? Like, not yet. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'll, I'll leave that for the for the minute until I, I get that uh, right where I want it to be. Yep. Um, because if site A doesn't work with the DA, I may or not have accidentally looked at a slightly bigger <laughs> site. Um, which, yeah, yeah. That's a. Uh, I'm just gonna. Uh, I'll leave it at that and just. Just laugh at myself, in essence. Fair call. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll update the crew once that's open. Yeah. Um, what about you personally, if anyone want to get in touch, if people want to know about yeah. the courses you got? Yep. Um, look, I, I think Instagram uh, is, is, you know, my fastest reply mechanism. Um, Clint underscore hill strength. Um, you know, I, I'm, <laughs> I go through phases. Uh, I'll be really blunt, you know, um, where... I think I have to post, so therefore I punch out, you know, 10 things in a row and then the next phase I, I don't touch the damn thing for a month. Um, but I, I think generally, you know, for me, that's a really simple showcase of who I train, what I'm about, what I care about, um, you know, and there's no bullshit there either, you know, like I, I absolutely love a beer. Um, I don't shy away from the realities of life, Um you know, uh, there are you know parts of me that are, are, are very, very normal, but there are also parts of me that are you know so devoted to to what I do in this realm. You know, that you know I've, I've obviously you know pushed myself through two different master's degrees to get to where I am because of my passion for the industry. So I, I believe heavily in that formal education, but I also believe heavily in on the job. Mate, awesome stuff. Good, good to have you in today, bro. Mate, thank you both very much for having me. Obviously, and uh, you know the the whole the whole Jungle Brothers family, and uh, you know the future Jungle Alliance. Mate, the family grows. It grows, guys. Thank you for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed the episode, please share it with a friend. And if you are interested to know about our upcoming coaches intensive, you can find more information at junglealliance.com. That course is on the eighteenth and nineteenth of this month. So if you are interested. Um, get onto the website, chuck in the code JB podcast, and you'll get 20% off your enrollment. Uh, I'll be facilitating that. Clint will be there on day two, not to be missed. Thank you very much. We'll see you next week. Peace. Peace.